Hello, everyone. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt Emily. Wow. Um, Emily starting early with the musical instruments. Mm, you should play drums. So much rhythm. Um, yep. Tap, tap, tap. Um, welcome to TBD, the premier podcast about tea and friendship. Wow. Um, and I, I are friends. Thank you. I was we're going to say I didn't understand what those words meant. <laughs> uh okay well we're friends in, in that we enjoy each other's company um you can shrug that off or not <laughs> oh, my google home is talking to me all of a sudden because i think it must have said something that it related i don't know what just happened my google home was talking to me though um <laughs> i don't even know what it said um we are friends my google and i we're friends too <laughs> and um we share um, we share surprise topics with each other and sometimes guests, although today there is no guest. So I will be sharing a surprise topic with Emily. That is the TBD to be determined aspect of our name. Can I say something? Absolutely. I I just had the realization that every week we explain this to each other, but we miss one part of this description of the podcast, and I don't know what it means. What does premiere mean? What does it mean to be the premier podcast? You're the one who added it to our title. I know, but I'm asking you to explain it. Um, I think, honestly, I think we did um, talk about it at length on one episode. <laughs> um, okay. Because we were trying, we were deciding to be between the and the premier. And, and the means it's like the only one. And all others are like disregarded in that they aren't either, they aren't either really friends or it's not actually about tea or something some tautology is not correct. The tea and friendship has been severed. It's tea or friendship or something. Uh, but because we are the premier, it implies that there are other podcasts about tea and friendship, but we are the best one. That's what I think. Okay, that's, that's the only thing I needed. I just want you to go, I wanted you to go further in the weeds of describing um, the different parts of this podcast. Um, okay. Yes. I recently yep. wrote a sketch, which I never do. Wow. About the OC. Um, and the character just keeps making all these random tangent tangent references mm. to my beloved television show. Um, and I, I described you, it. I feel as though you pitched this sketch uh, to me once. I feel like I've heard this idea from you. Yeah, it's or been it's a long a, time coming. Yeah. I write one sketch like every three years, so. Um, wow. What was I going to say? Oh, um... But I described what she's doing as going into the weeds of references. Um, yeah. They're ultra specific. There you go. Uh, I too recently wrote a sketch where a character goes into the specifics of a story that the other character is not familiar with. Uh, coming to a YouTube near you sometime soon. What was the story? Um, the uh, short story, The Gift of the Magi. Oh, I know that one. She cuts her hair and he. This is the one. Sells his pocket watch. Yep. Yep. But it uh, turns out he bought her a hair thing and she got him a chain for his pocket watch. That is indeed the story. 
And honestly, I think she makes out better because her hair's going to grow back so she can use that thing. Uh, that's in the story. If they don't, that's not, uh, that does not escape them. <laughs> they, uh, they do talk about how it will grow back. I, I, I don't remember how the watch, I don't remember if they settle on the watch or they're just like, it's okay. <laughs> they're like, I'll go buy it back someday or something. It's, yeah. Um, although her hair is supposedly very long and she gets it cut. So I don't know how long it's going to get till, it, or how many months they have to wait till it gets back to where it was. Emily, as someone who used to have hair down to their butt, uh, how long do you think that'll take? I don't know. <laughs> um, I need point. to get a haircut. Um, sure, if you want one. I, I do. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not I'm, here to I'm, say no. I'm not here to say, yeah, you definitely need one. But if you want I'm one. I'm vaxxed now. Fully vaxxed. I'm going to wait a couple weeks, and then I'm going to go get my hair cut. As is... As is as is required from the full vax. Yes. In a couple weeks. Yes. Um, well, go get that haircut. I've gotten my haircut several times uh, uh, just wearing a, wearing a mask or two. I mean, I've, I got my haircut once. I just, uh, I've been waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also get away with longer distances between haircuts. Than me? Well, yeah, because you cut your hair like every two days. <laughs> Um, I that is an exaggeration. That... <laughs> I know it's multiple weeks, but I haven't gotten my hair cut since June. I thought I was being judged for having hair that needs to be cut more often. <laughs> oh, no. That I look bad when my hair gets longer or something. Matt, put his hood up. Matt, put your hood down. Your hair looks fine. I know. My hair looks... My hair does look fine. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wow, we this is maybe our most meandering beginning to a podcast that we've done in a while. Maybe we should get into the meat of it. Emily, do you want to sing us a song? Tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea. Talk. Wow, we're talking tea today. Um, yes, as I mentioned earlier, this is the podcast about tea and friendship. Uh, and of course, we are drinking tea. I, I'm almost 100% sure Emily and I are drinking different teas. We did not discuss it. We both shook our teas at the beginning of our recording, and they did not make the same sound. <laughs> they don't sound the same. I would say my tea is not in its, ori- it's in its original container, so. I mean, mine's not either in that it's in a glass now. It's in a mug. But, Emily, mm-hmm. what tea are you drinking? Oh, no, I'm not ready. Okay, now I'm ready. I couldn't get the lid off of it to get the information sheet. Wow. Um, okay, this is a tea from my Sip Spy box. And it is from the company called Teakin. And it's Earl Grey Creme Vanilla Black Tea. Creme Vanilla. Um, about this tea. We think this classic English blend with a twist of creamy vanilla is the cat's... I'm going to tell you I cut off part of the description and just realized... Um, cat's pajamas, cat's meow. It starts with an R, I'm pretty sure. Oh no, it's cat's meow. You're right, it is cat's meow. <laughs> Use with milk and your and sweetener of your choice. So this is the cat's meow tea. Wow. The ingredients are black tea and natural flavors. Um, as someone who's also written sketches, several sketches around idioms, I'm well versed in all the idioms of the world, such as the cat's meow. Um, 
But yeah, this is my tea. It's an Earl Grey. I actually haven't had a sip of it yet. Matt, you're wearing glasses today. That's true. I'm wearing glasses today. Also true. You always wear glasses, though. And my mug is wearing glasses. Wow. All of us... Wait, I actually don't know this about you. Are you nearsighted or farsighted? I can't see far away, so I think farsighted. No. <laughs> no, I'm nearsighted. <laughs> if you can see near, that makes you nearsighted. Um, I'm also nearsighted. I, I, I don't know, like, the breakdown. I feel like most people are nearsighted. I don't really know... How many people can only see far and can't see near? What a problem that is. That's such a weird existence. It's a very specific problem. I guess, no, but that's, far-sighted is like, you need reading glasses. I think that's just regular-sighted that you need, like, can't you just have, don't you just have weakened vision and then you need reading glasses to, to... Yeah, I think the weakened vision is far-sightedness. But you don't become, you don't lose your nearsightedness because you need reading glasses. Like someone who's nearsighted can need reading glasses. That's why people get bifocals. Right, but they're not, they're not just blind all of a sudden. <laughs> like they're still, they're still a nearsighted person. Like if I needed reading glasses, or or one day when either of us need reading glasses, we will still be nearsighted. We won't become farsighted. Yeah, I think you can be near and farsighted. I don't um, think they're mutually exclusive. I think that's just 2020 vision, if you can see both. I think it implies, I think it, you, are, you are either nearsighted, farsighted, or 2020. I think that's how it works. Huh. 2020, though, is, it, I never, it doesn't mean, it means that you can see, it's something about like 20 feet. Yeah, because you can actually be 2120, which is crazy. But so, like, I don't think, Anyways, I believe people can be nearsighted and farsighted. That's why bifocals exist. People who wear reading glasses are farsighted. Unless, but I could become, I could become someone who needs reading glasses and I wouldn't become farsighted. Yes, you, yes, you would. No, because my far vision wouldn't, would still be bad. My distance vision is, will never be improved unless I were to get LASIK. Farsighted means you can see far. I'll never be able to see far. Yeah, but you'll also be nearsighted. I'll be like, nearsighted and I'll need reading glasses. I won't become farsighted. I'm uh, pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Although, and I'm, I think I actually have come up with why I, this question is silly. Because I think if you are, if you are nearsighted, you might not wear glasses. But if you're farsighted, you probably always wear glasses. Because if you can't see near at all, like you have to wear glasses. Farsighted. Mm -hmm. Unable to see things clearly, especially if they are relatively close to the eyes, owing to the focusing of rays of light by the, by the end at a point behind the retina. Uh -huh. That's reading. That's what you need reading glasses for. I'm not here to deny that that's, that's part of the thing, but like you don't become a person who needs reading glasses doesn't become farsighted. Like I think that's three different levels. Like there's farsighted, nearsighted, and it needs reading glasses. Like those aren't, those are three separate things. So you can be nearsighted and need reading glasses. You can be farsighted and need reading glasses. But reading glasses does not supersede either of your previous two conditions. Listeners, if you have a better answer, please email us at tbdpodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Um, my tea, it's Earl Grey. <laughs> it's good. Um, I, um, I've had this brand before. Um, 
I actually like this one. The last one I had from this brand, I absolutely didn't like. And I actually, it's in your tea care package. Um, I think you might like it. I just hated it. It was too sweet. Um, we we have we have much overlap and much non-overlap in our tea tastes. <laughs> um, it tastes like Earl Grey. I guess. Let me go back in. Going back in. Uh, does it specifically taste like there has been vanilla added to it? That's what I was went back in to find out. Um, Great. Telepathy. A, a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a strong vanilla flavor, but it's there. Um, did you add sugar and or milk to this? Well, one, the description said to, and two, it's an Earl Grey tea, so you bet your bottom dollar. Um, I didn't know if the creme part of it kept you from doing it. <laughs> uh, but no, it I don't know why it says that. Um, Maybe it's just a demand that you put milk in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm always, I'm always a little turned off when it demands that I do something to my tea. I like suggestions more than demands. Um, um, well, I don't know. Again, I cut off some of the words, so it could have been a. Oh, please put in. Yes. <laughs> Word please is gone. We kindly, if it's your choice, you can put in milk and sugar. But it could have also said, D we demand you to put milk and sugar if you don't, we'll t steal this tea back. Maybe it said, we demand you put milk and sugar in this. If you please. And both ends got cut off. So it just said <laughs> add milk and sugar. Um, I will say uh, this is not the tea I'm drinking now, but I um, I, I want to jump in because I've mentioned this milk before. But I've been drinking my... Um, okay, so in October, I made a sketch called Steeped to Death, which was uh, about drinking tea. Emily's voice appears in it briefly. And I bought a, a 100 pack of Lipton tea. And the reason I bought so many Lipton teas is because I thought I was going to need a bunch for filming. Turns out I only really needed like six or seven of them. <laughs> so now I have a giant thing of Lipton tea and I've been adding pistachio milk to it. And it's wonderful. What a combination that is. Lipton tea, a little on the bland side, pistachio milk. It's a real treat. It, it goes, it's crazy. It's like a, I don't know. It brings a whole new light to Lipton tea for me. Why wow. do they feel that necessary? Probably that creme line, but that's about it. Um, if you're curious, um, I did look it up. Um, <laughs> reading glasses for a for condition called presiobia. Don't ask me if that's the correct spelling, but it's an age-related condition. Yeah, it's basically your muscles in your eyes get tired. Like that's why it's that's why it is an age thing. Um, and why basically anyone can end up needing, and most people end up needing reading glasses because the muscles in your eyes just get tired. Um, yeah. But it has nothing to do with 2020 vision. No, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I know that's reading, yeah, reading glasses. That's why I'm saying it's like its own thing. Um, Emily, should I ask you more questions or just the question? You just ask me the question. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Emily... Is this, uh, I don't know the name, Earl Grey creme with vanilla tea from your Sips by and um, Hello Kitty is the brand or something. Hi, kitten. <laughs> You're uh, literally completely wrong, but I don't, I'm going to let you live in that. Okay. Is your Hello Kitty tea uh, your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? It's my cup of tea. I've had a few cups of it already. I'm enjoying it. Um... Yeah, it's good. I like Earl Grey teas. Wow. All forms. 
what's the brand? Can we get a correction? Tea on? Kitten. Tea Kitten. Listen, I was not, I knew I knew it wasn't Hello Kitty. I mean, <laughs> I know what Hello Kitty is. Um, as I mentioned on last week's episode, I went to I've been to Japan. I know what Hello Kitty is. Matt, what tea are you drinking? Wow, let's move it on. I am drinking a um. What is this? Uh, I don't know if companion tea is the right way of wording this. I, I, um, a related tea to one that I've had recently on the podcast. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had um, another Tivana tea that came in a similar looking container to this. Um, it is Tivana's Jade Citrus Mint Flavored Green Tea Blend uh, with spearmint and lemongrass. Um, is a bag tea from Tivana. I got these for Christmas. I don't know if I already mentioned that. Caffeine level, two diamonds out of four. It's actually pretty caffeinated for a uh, green tea. Um, Premium lush green tea blended with hints of spearmint, lemon uh, verbena, and lemongrass. It's a just right balance of cool, calm, and bright invigoration. Uh, I think this is the standard uh, green tea you get when you go to Starbucks. I think this when you order green tea there, this is like what they give you. I have no way to prove that or not. Um, can you can you read the copy again? I, there were some interesting words in there, and then they immediately escaped me. Premium, lush <laughs> green tea blended with hints of spearmint, lemon ver- verbena, and lemongrass. It's a just right balance of cool. Calm and bright invigoration. Okay, that's what I wanted. Do you feel cool? This is a hot tea. I don't feel cool drinking it. Do you feel calm? I would say this is kind of calming, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so mellow on today's app. Would you describe yourself as brightly invigorated? Um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been pretty low energy today including what I just said on this podcast. I don't know if that means I'm not invigorated or, or what, but I'm, it's, I, I don't know. It's refreshing. Okay. Did not directly answer the question, but that's okay. Um, do you taste <laughs> the lemon verbena? No. Do you taste the spearmint? Yes. Do you taste the green tea? Yes. Is it flowery green tea or a leafy green tea? Ooh, um... I guess it's a little on the flowery side. Yeah. Um, I mean, the mint is very overpowering. So I'm, I'm really getting the mint. Uh, I also taste the lemongrass, which is one you missed. But that's okay. I'm here to, I'm here to catch you when you fall. Um, um, I guess I don't know if this is... I have never ordered green tea from Starbucks. But I feel like... A mint green tea is different than just plain old green tea. I one hundred percent agree, and it is why Star is the is is the reason Starbucks and I don't totally get along is because I've ordered green tea from there before and I've gotten th- like a minty green tea and I'm like this isn't this this isn't what I wanted. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right and I agree and I've been in the same situation where I got that and was a little surprised, but that doesn't yeah I think Starbucks is just weird. Um, I think I've gotten on multiple occasions. I mean, maybe you can ask like for like plain green or something. And then like, if you just order green, they give you this, or maybe it depends on the person working there. If they, if they know the lingo, (laughs) 
Um, I'm not big on tea at Starbucks generally. Like I like their chais, chai lattes, but like I don't really like their other things. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I had an oat milk chai this morning. Wow. I had three of my pistachio <laughs> tea combos with uh, um, Lipton tea today. <laughs> wow. I had, a, I had a lot of tea today. Um, do we need to ask more questions about this tea? Uh, you don't have to. Okay. Matt, would you say that this Teavana Jade Citrus Mint Tea is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Wow. Um, so I was talking about not appreciating it at Starbucks because um, it wasn't what I wanted when I went there. It, you know, you order green tea and you expect green tea, not mint green tea. Um, and, and so that's that's disappointing. But as a tea overall, if you are going into this knowing it's a mint green tea, it's pretty good. And I knew that going in because I have the bottle and I did not read the label. <laughs> um, and this is my first time having this. So I had not had this. Well, I mean, other than having it at Starbucks, I've never had it before. Um, and yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I'd say I'm not like a huge mint tea drinker generally, but this one's a good one. And I'll enjoy the rest of this uh, container. How many so, more do you have? Oh, uh, I used three to make this. And it comes with 15 bags. So I've got 12 left. Oh, thank you for that math lesson. That concludes the math portion of the podcast, <laughs> of this episode. Okay. Two cups of tea. There we go. Tea talk done. Tea talk complete. Wow. Um, Matt, last week, you and I shared a topic. <laughs> Sorry. Uh -huh. Let me do that again. Matt, last week, you and I shared a topic. Is that true? That, night we weren't supposed to confirm this ever. It was supposed to remain a conspiracy, but that is in fact true and I can confirm it. And then the week before that, I had a big topic. Do you confirm that? Uh, I actually don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, 100%. I believe, I believe the episode before that was I was actually another conspiracy, which I'm surprised we didn't bring that up on our conspiracies episode. Uh, oh, yeah. Alex and I shared a topic. Uh, yeah. And actually, I take that double back because we had two mini topics that episode. The Alex one was three episodes ago. Wow. Crazy. Either way. Check them all out, everyone, if you haven't yet. Matt, you haven't had a big topic in a while. No, it has been a while. So it's your turn to have a big topic. And what, and you told me that you were excited about it. What is your big topic? Do you know the last time you had... Do you know what the last time your big topic was? Do you remember? No, because I always what? get stressed out and don't like any of my big topics. It was uh, air fryers. Anyways, um, yeah. So that has nothing to do with what I, I want to say. I wanna, I'll get into mine now. So my topic is something that I've recently really, really heavily revisited Um not in not in a small part due to hmm, I'm trying to remember if this is related if this is truly related or not but uh, I've been watching uh, WandaVision on um, Disney Plus and it uh, inspired me without any spoilers to rewatch uh, a bunch of X-Men movies so my topic Woo! is the X-Men movies so um, we're talking I just want to make sure I understand what your topic is it's X-Men movies not X-Men Generally, it is the movies, um, of which there are uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen movies. Um, it's too the many X Men cinematic universe, as it were. 
Can I ask well, a question yeah. that I don't mean to be rude, but just I truly want to know the answer to this question. How many of those were actually good? Oh, well, I, we're certainly going to talk about that. Um, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them, I would say, are good. Eight of them are good movies. Eight None of, of them are great movies. Um, at least two of them. Okay, um, and is Logan counting as a X-Men movie? Logan is 100% an X-Men movie, and I, 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 I would love to get into the, what the universe is. <laughs> okay. Describing so seen, the bounds. Okay. Matt, tell us, what is an X-Men movie? Um, so first, first to clarify the amount. So the X-Men movies, be, uh, this is 20 movie, or 13 movies over 20 years. The first movie came out in the year 2000, which is eight years before um, Iron Man came out, which is the beginning of the MCU. And the MCU has like 25 movies in it already or something like that. So Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is, is way more, uh, they're putting out way more movies than the X-Men universe ever put out. Um, and that first X-Men movie is really the beginning of the like new wave of comic book movies. I mean, that's the one that kicked off um, that came out before um, the Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Um, it led to like the MCU. So it, it sort of is like the inspiration and made people realize we could make these new superhero movies. Um, and the most recent one came out just last, uh, just last year. So it took 20 years to do 13 movies. Um, X-Men movies are movies that were made by, uh, they were made by 20th Century Fox. That was the, uh, the people who made that because the Marvel comic book company in the 90s sold the rights to make movies about the X-Men to Fox. And then when Disney uh, bought Marvel in like uh, 2008 or whenever, whenever Disney acquired Marvel, they did not acquire the X-Men. So, so Fox got to continue making these X-Men movies without Marvel. So they, uh, none of the movies as of yet are tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, so that's sort of what defines them. And they, they star the X-Men, which is a specific set of Marvel characters. Uh, and there's all kinds of like, like when these were owned by separate companies, there's all kinds of like firewalls between sets of characters. So even though like, for instance, uh, there is Marvel, uh, Captain America's Civil War, um, which has like a bunch of, you know, it's it's uh, the third Captain America movie. And it has all these characters. Well, in the comic books, that include the comic version of that storyline includes a bunch of X-Men <laughs> and they're all not in the movie because they couldn't be at the time. Um, so that's sort of like the differentiation between them. There are, however, some characters that um, technically were able to be made by both. So that's the reason there's a, there's a Quicksilver in the X-Men universe and there's a Quicksilver in the Marvel universe and they are portrayed by different actors because both uh, production companies had the rights to use um, Quicksilver, uh, they also both had the rights to using uh, the Scarlet Witch, a.k.a. Wanda Maximoff. Although um, I, that, that person does not appear in the X-Men universe. I literally today listened to a podcast that was talking about WandaVision. And they talked about how Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch are some of the first Avengers. Like after the main, like Thor and all those wacky characters. Yeah. And that's why they're able to use them because they are Avengers, but they are also X-Men. Yeah. Well, that is kind of true. Um, there are other X-Men that have been Avengers over the years, but it's sort of like, uh, 
it's sort of like it's sort of more divided on what they're more famous for being and i think those characters were just so on the edge that that for some reason they got to be in the middle zone because technically beast uh who is a pretty famous x-men character was also a member of the avengers for a period of time so like that doesn't completely absolve somebody and like spider-man was like part of the fantastic four for a little bit but that's like um that doesn't like include him in the rights to those movies so yeah it's partially true although not entirely because there's a lot of there's a lot of gray area um but i mean the main characters are all pretty well divided up and I also don't think anyone thought Quicksilver or the Scarlet Witch were going to be such big deals. And here we are. And they're huge. They're both like a pretty big deal in both um, sets of franchises. Um, so anyways, that's that. Uh, the original X-Men trilogy is, is called X-Men from 2000. X2. Just that's all it's called. X2. <laughs> from the year 2003. And X-Men The Last Stand, which came out in 2006. Um, so that's the original trilogy and for all intents and purposes, it seems like it was over that there'd just be those three movies. That's not how IP works. Uh, and then it took them, uh, it took them three years to create, to start up the Wolverine trilogy. Uh, so instead of following all the X-Men, now we're following just Wolverine, who arguably is sort of the star of the first three X-Men movies already, <laughs> but now we're giving him his own trilogy uh, the first one is called X-Men Origins Wolverine. That is the, that is a truly bad movie. Is that the one that was leaked before it was finished? Yes. I saw that um, one before. I saw the leaked version in college. That, that's the one with Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool the first time. <laughs> and it, most people want to forget that movie. Uh, and in fact, they wrote it out. They basically wrote it out of continuity. <laughs> Um, but then they follow that up with the Wolverine, just called the Wolverine. And that one's, uh, that one's pretty good. It's not like amazing, but it's pretty good. Uh, and then they made low or, and then in the lab third movie in that trilogy, not, this is not necessarily chronological of all movies, but is Logan. And Logan, I think is one of the best, like two or three comic book movies to ever be made. So it's all worth it for that one for me, baby. <laughs> um, somewhat, somewhat, uh, I don't know. Any comments so far? Um, I believe I've seen some of those first few X-Men movies. I remember Jane Grey holding up snow. Holding up snow. Maybe it was water. I don't remember. She does hold up water. That that definitely happens. Uh, I just recently rewatched those first three movies. Um, uh, X2 is another really good comic book movie. Uh, in fact, I just finished reading the graphic novel that that is based upon. And um, yeah, I don't know. The movie's just great. It really holds up. It's just, it like handles like a fairly complicated plot pretty well, um, which is a struggle in a lot of comic book movies. Like they just want to put so much stuff in these movies and then, um, you know, they're overstuffed. But uh, yeah, X2 is definitely one of the best, one of the better comic book movies ever. And also X-Men The Last Stand, which is the, th the third of the trilogy, much like a lot of thirds of trilogies, it doesn't really hold up very well. <laughs> uh, it's like a convoluted plot. And also they replaced the director um, and they, spoiler alert, kill off Cyclops like super early in the movie um, out of revenge. This is, some, this is some hot goss if you like goss. Oh, you know I love goss. Um, basically the guy, the guy who plays Cyclops is James Marsden. Um, 
famous for some other things, but uh, Westworld. <laughs> he's in Westworld. Um, um, he's in Enchanted. Enchanted. Yeah. He's in Thirty Rock. Thirty Rock. He, yeah, he, he's he's a he's a good dude. But he uh, he left, um, or he didn't really leave. He like went and did the uh, Spider Man or not Spider Man. Um, the Superman movie from two thousand and uh, two thousand six, two thousand five, two thousand six. Uh, no, he plays like Jimmy Olsen or something like that, <laughs> um, like a supporting character. But the director of the first two X-Men movies also goes, he becomes the director of this Superman movie. And uh, the rumor, and I'm pretty sure this has basically all been confirmed anyways, is that Cyclops was killed somewhat disrespectfully. <laughs> he was killed off screen <laughs> um, as like revenge against them, these two people leaving to do like a rival, if you will, uh, superhero movie. But ultimately, it just makes the movie worse. <laughs> That's also wild, because I feel like, yeah, it might be a rival movie. But if you're going to go see an X-Men movie, you're also going to go see the Spider-Man movie. Su- uh, Superman. Superman, um, sorry. Also, yeah, it still applies. Yeah. Like, Yes, yes. Um, that is mostly true. Although, that's the Superman movie ended up being really bad. They're both bad, but they kind of killed, they, I mean, they, they basically killed the X-Men franchise. Like people, that's a big reason people thought it was dead is because this third movie wasn't so great. Um, it's, you know, the fate of a lot of uh, series when the third movie's bad. I mean, the third Spider-Man movie with like Tobey Maguire was considered really bad. And that's why they're probably why there was never a fourth one and why they rebooted that. Um, I yeah. recently rewatched, or not rewatched, watched, Spider-Man. Homecoming? Homecoming? For the first time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's all. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's a really good movie. (laughs) I actually watched that not too long ago. Maybe like two or three months ago I watched that. Um, And I was on a little bit of a Marvel kick too. (laughs) I like these movies. They're pretty good. (laughs) See, this proves my point. If you're going to see... The Superman movie, you're also going to see these other movies. You're seeing all these movies. That's that's mostly true. I I do skip a lot of... I do skip some movies, though. We'll get... We'll maybe get to... Well, there's a... Yeah, I don't know. I Sometimes sometimes I skip them. I don't always... I don't know. I don't see every single movie that's got superheroes in them. Sometimes if I get wind that a movie is really bad, I'll just not bother. But um, moving on, I suppose... Um, then they uh, sort of alongside that Wolverine's movie, and they were going to make like a bunch of these like uh, origin style movies, but then the Wolverine one was so bad that I think they sort of backed away from it. And they made, uh, they instead made X-Men First Class, which is uh, featuring a not yet famous Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. It That's was... where she met her longtime boyfriend, Nicholas Holt. Holt? Who plays Beast. Yeah. Um, nice, very nice. Um, and, uh, that movie is pretty good. It's, it's kind of campy. Um, like some of the humor is really pretty silly in it. And, uh, but I think it's, it's overall, it's a pretty, it's, it's a good movie. It just has like some really goofy parts in it. And I actually really like that one. I also rewatched that recently. Um, has a great villain. Kevin Bacon plays the the villain and he does like a, I, I think he does a really good job. <laughs> Uh, so that one's good. Some people would say that that's one of the better X. I mean, it is a really good X Men movie. Some people would say it's one of the best, like top two or whatever. Um, I I consider it good, not uh, top two or whatever. <laughs> um, and then that one is followed up. So X Men First Class takes place in the '60s. 
or mm, yeah, 60s. And then uh, it features younger versions of all the characters from the, the modern trilogy or, or the one that takes place in modern day. And uh, the next movie is X-Men Days of Future Past, which combines the old p- actors and the new actors and like young versions of people meet old versions of themselves. <laughs> and I think I've seen it, this movie and I didn't understand it at all. It's it's a big time travel thing. I will say it's if you haven't if you weren't really keeping up with the other movies, it is pretty confusing <laughs> because because there are so many threads and so many characters and like, you know, two versions of everybody. And um I think it I think it's 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 one of the rare movies that like truly relies on you remembering everything that happened in the past movies <laughs> to like follow what's happening. Uh that being said, as somebody who did watch all the previous movies, it's very good. Um it's also a fairly it, it, it's like a really good job handling a very complicated storyline. I remember watching the X-Men cartoon when I was a kid. I, I, used, I used to love the cartoon, but it was very confusing to me as a child because there was so much time travel and so many like people would die and then they'd come back. And it was like, it was really, really quite crazy. And also when you're a kid and you watch cartoons, I feel like you don't, you're not really like making sure you watch them in order or anything like that. So like, I would just sort of catch them as they came on and, the plot of that cartoon was always like way over my head. I liked it because it was like kind of fun, but then sometimes it would just be really confusing and I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> Let me tell you, the plot of the Rugrats is really convoluted, so I get it. Yeah. I mean, they well, went on adventures. What was happening? Was there character development episode to episode? I got to say now Rugrats, well, certainly when they um, add in uh, his, his younger brother, Dill, I mean, that is serialized in that way where there's episodes pre and post dill being born um but for some reason comic book cartoons like were way more serialized (laughs) like they're still for kids but for some reason they were they they really like had like you know a forward story momentum throughout like the season um unlike say i mean actually the batman animated series which is one of the best cartoon series of all time my my opinion and, and some other people's but uh that one's actually pretty good because you can kind of pick that show up on any episode and like you can just watch, you know, 25 minutes of, of Batman being awesome. <laughs> um, okay, moving on, I suppose. Uh, there are two movies. There, there are two not very good at all movies. Um, this this ends the uh, Wikipedia calls these X-Men colon beginnings films. <laughs> so first class, great. Days of Future Past, great. And then the next movie is called Apocalypse, which is also based on a pretty famous comic book run um, and features one Oscar Isaac as the titular Apocalypse. You'd think it'd be awesome. <laughs> I hate this movie so much. It's so bad. Why do you hate it? I need, I need the information. It is, it, it's, it's going, it makes almost no sense. Like even from the perspective of it being a superhero movie where like you have to believe in a lot of nonsense for any of it to make sense, this stretches the bounds of imagination. <laughs> it's like, um, the whole, the point is there's the, the original mutant. Uh, so the X-Men are mutants. I should state that. Um, their superpowers are a thing that comes from birth. They, um, usually, uh, discover their powers at adolescence in their, in their early teens. Uh, Emily, you have a question. Okay. One, I didn't realize that there was a puberty related thing. That's fun. Um, Two, 
Mm-hmm. So Wolverine was born with his powers, but then infused with the vibranium? I thought he was given his powers. Um, he uh, Interesting you would ask about given powers or birth powers. Um, so first of all, he has uh, adamantium, not vibranium, in his bones. That's I can't be expected the, to know any of this. The two indestructible <laughs> metals in the universe. I have no doubt that like that was also part of like the dividing of the things. Like The X-Men could talk about adamantium, and in Black Panther, they could talk about vibranium. <laughs> and that was probably like another thing they were like, okay, you get this word, we get this word. And they're they both. They talk about vibranium way ones. before Black Panther. I have been watching all these movies. Um, and they talk he, about it in Captain America first. It's, it's shield. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all, yeah, it's all, it's all meant to tie together. They're, they're, they're very forward thinking in the Marvel thing anyways. <laughs> um, but, um, the uh vibranium blah, blah, blah. oh yeah so he's so he is born with his powers um but his power is the power of healing healing he can heal himself and the reason they're able to infuse him with this metal is because of his ability to heal so this it's sort of like if you thought about taking uh your body and injecting it with uh molten hot metal you would probably emily you'd probably die of that but if you had a mutant healing power that allowed you to heal as you were hurt, you might be able to survive the process. So that's essentially what happens to Wolverine. He's born with regular bones, but given this healing power. Okay, uh, I have one more Wolverine-related power uh-huh. question. Does he always have the claws then? Uh, that's uh, That depends on the version of him. Um, there is... Um, the movie version is kind of fun. It's kind of funny because there are parts where they imply he does not have the claws and there are parts where they do in that when he goes back in time he actually has claws that are made of bone so that's the explanation in the movies eventually is that is that he always had the claws but in the comics it's sort of uh, a little bit shady i don't know what the official official final answer is but you know like comics will like change the rules as they go along <laughs> and i feel like that was something they changed the rules on was whether he was born with the claws or not okay he also has heightened sense of smell and, and taste and things like that. Um, so, oh yeah, um, one of the reasons, so uh, I'm going, I'm jumping around a little bit now, but uh, one of the reasons Ian McKellen, uh, the actor who plays Magneto, joined on um, was because he saw the parallels of the X-Men to the struggles for people uh, who wanted um, equal rights for the gay community. And he he saw the fact that people would, um, you know, uh, have their powers come out during adolescence was like similar to people coming out as gay would be around like the same time period. Yes. Um, as people getting their powers. Um, basically all of the X-Men is different, different parts of X-Men is all about civil rights and, um, different, different ways. Um, there's like lots of talk about, um, uh, the Holocaust and and people being like treated and put into concentration camps like that's a, a running theme through a lot of it, including the aforementioned Magneto is a Holocaust survivor. Uh, there's obviously some parallels like Professor X is supposed to be kind of like a Martin Luther King Jr. type, and Magneto is supposed to be a Malcolm X kind of person where it's like nonviolence versus violence. Um, there's certainly the gay rights level. It, it sort of hits on a lot of things like that, but it's definitely about um, the overarching thing is about civil rights. <laughs> so. How do people find out mutants exist? Are they all have they always been there, or are there more of them for some reason? 
Well, like, uh, so Apocalypse is the original one, and he actually, this, the beginning of that movie is in like ancient, um, ancient Egypt. So, so there are supposedly mutants as far back as that. Um, but uh, depending on what movie or what timeline of the movies you're watching, like they either discover mutants exist sort of in the 90s or they discover they exist in the 60s. So let's go movie universe. In the original trilogy, uh, mutants are kind of not really well known in the like, say, early 2000s time period. And then like as those movies progressed, they become more famous. Um, but then they do the Days of Future Past where they travel back in time. And all of a sudden now there's these huge mutant related uh, events in world history that occur in like the 60s. So people are aware of them much sooner in that version of the timeline. Okay. And there are like scientists who are kind of always aware of it because that's sort of like part of how they're being like oppressed is that there's always scientists who are trying to control them or use them for evil or use them for experiments or, or whatnot. Um, so I'd say a lot of the, a lot of the things are uh, like a little shaky. And certainly when they went back in time, they basically rewrote a bunch of the movies by doing time travel. Like they kind of said like, oh, well, those movies happen in an alternate timeline. Now that we've fixed the timeline, that branch is, you know, it's not like invalid, but it's not our current timeline we're working with anymore. Okay. Um, and also they're all over now, so there's no more anything. The whole, the, the whole series is sort of done with. I don't think Marvel is going to wrap them all into the MCU. I, they're certainly going to bring the X-Men into the Marvel Universe, but I don't think they're going to make all the movies canon. I could be surprised, but that would be a that would be an interesting um, interesting move on their part. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is getting off topic, but how do you want them? I know, so I'm not watching WandaVision, but I've like heard some talk that people think that that's kind of how they're slowly introducing the mutants slash X-Men. Um, and I know Quicksilver was on a recent episode. Yeah, so I don't, uh, I actually don't think WandaVision is, is incorporating the X-Men like people thought they were. I don't know how many people still think that because I think the most recent episode sort of debunks that idea. <laughs> um, certainly, okay, so Quicksilver appears in that and he is played by the X-Men universe's version of Quicksilver. So there was sort of this like thing. I, it kind of doesn't, it ended up not really reading quite like they were bringing the universe in. It was sort of like this weird, almost, cause like WandaVision, it's supposed to be all like kind of imaginary. So it's like hard to say what actually is going to uh, come into the uh, canon or whether every basically everything from WandaVision is kind of in a way, even though it's in the universe, it's, if it's kind of non-canon because it's all imaginary. Um, it's hard to say. Wait, now, how, so how do you want them to bring yeah, the X Men? How would I like them? Um, it's interesting because because honestly, the way that I mean, X Men is so. The idea with the X Men is that there, there are mutants everywhere. That there are people with powers all over the place. And in the Marvel universe, they haven't really had that, except for sort of. They sort of tried doing it in the TV show Agents, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where the implication was that aliens had bestowed some humans with powers and that there was ways for them to like um, activate the powers. It was through stones, not age. <laughs> but um, Marvel Universe loves stones. <laughs> They're um, an infinite, some might say. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not saying no to you. Don't put your hands up like that. That was a great reference. Infinity Stones, yes. Um, 
Now, how, so, so it's hard. So I'm like, well, how do they really integrate it? Um, I think the way you do it is you basically go full in on the multiverse and you basically bring us into a new world that we didn't know we were already in. (laughs) And in that world, there are mutants and there are people that have powers and the X-Men sort of already have existed in time. Um, which would be a way that they could rope in the other movies is they just go like, oh, turns out we like, we sent everybody like, like, you know, okay. So in the Marvel movies, there's the uh, snap and then there's the, uh, there's the blip, uh, which is when they all return. And uh, they have to explain, like, they never explained how people came back uh, really or where they went or like how all that worked. But, you know, they could eventually explain that uh, actually they blipped everybody to a different universe. And that's like how people um, uh, existed Um, and didn't exist at the same time. Another theory I've heard Mm -hmm. is that that's what the Doctor Strange movie is going to be. Well, yes, I actually was. Yeah. So it would not surprise me if Doctor Strange were to cameo in WandaVision, because I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, the, the rumor is that Wanda is going to be in the next Doctor Strange movie. And that that movie happens to be called The Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> so they're basically saying it's going to be about the multiverse. Now, whether they use Doctor Strange to rope in all the X-Men is a different question. But it, yeah, it's very, very, very possible. also recently watched Doctor Strange. What did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I think Doctor Strange is the most underappreciated uh, movie and character in the Avengers. I think... Uh, that movie is great. I love the ending. I like that he tricks the villain into being in a in a time loop. Oh, it's so great. Oh, I did great. like that. I think it's like um, so inventive. <laughs> I really liked his cloak. I was a big fan. Mm-hmm. Like um, a huge fan. Whenever that cloak did anything, I was like, "Yes, cloak, good job." Yes, cloak. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a, I, I stand that movie, and I think that people. Oh, back when like uh, Endgame. And, and um, or before Endgame came out, or it was like, I'm trying to remember, it was like around Endgame, Infinity War, et cetera. People were like, what movies, what are the most important movies to watch to understand Infinity War? Oh, that was the question. And I was like, I was trying to rack my brain. I was like, well, all of, well, duh, all of them. But <laughs> my main answer is actually to watch Doctor Strange. I thought Doctor Strange was like one of the most important movies to like see to understand how the whole series like um, works together. Anyways. I love Doctor Strange. Great movie. Should I talk about X-Men more? Uh, I mean... We had, an episode about, we had an episode about the MCU already. <laughs> I know, but I... The future of the X-Men movies is in the MCU. And so I wanted to get yeah. your opinion on that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. I'm just saying. Um, I want to get through the rest of the X-Men movies that have come out. I honestly thought yeah. we had been. Okay. No, no. Well, I, I, there's a few more. <laughs> Uh, I think I've talked about nine thus far, and I said there are 13. But I can get through the last of them faster, I suppose. Uh, after X-Men Apocalypse, which is the Oscar Isaac movie that I think is bad, which is that's how we started talking about this. It's just a rushed movie with too many threads and doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And a lot of the characters' motivations don't seem to be where they should be. <laughs> um, it's just like too... And it's also too many movies in a row where the whole world is at stake. <laughs> um, then after that's the Dark Phoenix movie. Um, My girl, Soph. um, So it's kind of funny. It's the first real retelling (laughs) entirely (laughs) of a story in that the X-Men, The Last Stand, that not very good movie, um, is also the story of the Dark Phoenix. 
And then they make a movie called Dark Phoenix, and they basically re- redid that movie. Um, they did it a little differently, maybe a little more to the comics, but also still not a very interesting movie. Why do you think that particular story has not transferred well to screen? Um, I mean, the first time they did it is because they tried cramming two major storylines into one movie. Um, that movie had the mutant cure, which was a shot you could take to rid yourself of your mutant hood. Um, and the struggle between like mutants, like basically uh, the story of genocide, like they, they, they see it as genocide. They want to eradicate mutants. And this, the way they figured to do it was to like basically neuter them. Um, and the dark Phoenix, which is its own completely standalone story. So that's why the first one's kind of weird because they're just trying to do these two things and it would have been better if they just did one. Um, I don't know. Was, I've only watched this, the second one once and I kind of was like, uh, this isn't very good. I don't, I don't know. I mean, the story's good. It's an iconic story in the comics. Um, I just think when they started redoing, it's like Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix are the ones where they really leaned into the new, younger versions of a bunch of people and not like, and without the people from first class. And I feel like there just wasn't as much chemistry or something. The acting wasn't all there. I mean, they had mm-hmm. just a, a, amazing casts for these first few movies. And then, like, I, I, I don't know, because Oscar Isaac is obviously great. And, and actually, Apocalypse does have a lot of these same people in it. And I don't know. Must, I don't know. I don't want to trash them too hard, but they're just things didn't stand out for me. Concerned that we're insulting the acting of my girl Sophie Turner, Queen of the North, Sansa Stark. Um, I it was great. Yeah. It came out in the middle of the summer of Sophie, which I almost did as a topic that, that summer. She had a great summer in, in in celebrity terms. She got married. She had a great photograph in the in a, in the airport with her dog before getting married. It was great. It was the summer herself. Um, sure, it's very exciting to be in Dark Phoenix. I'm sure she had a great time recording it and going on press tours. Uh, watching it as a movie, I was a little bored. <laughs> um, it's not something I want out of a comic book movie. Uh, I, so I also don't really feel like being super negative. I just like I don't know of all the movies like. Apocalypse. I don't know. There's only a few really, truly ones that I would never want to watch again, and it's the Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which I'm sorry to say she's in both of those, um, and um, X Men Origins Wolverine. Those are like the the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and uh, some people don't like the Last Stand, the third movie, and I also know it's like a mess, but it's not like unwatchably bad. <laughs> um, wrapping up. Um, actually I'll skip ahead. I'll skip ahead to the most recent one. Cause I actually never saw it. There's the new mutants, uh, which was like sort of a horror ish spinoff. Uh, I never saw it. It came out during the pandemic in theaters. So no, I did not see that one yet. <laughs> um, although it was delayed like three years, it was supposed to come out in like 2017 or something. And they even had posters in movie theaters of this movie. And they took, and they said like coming out April 1st or whatever, which I, I don't actually mean that. Uh, coming out April 10th, and then they just like pulled the signs from from movie theaters, <laughs> and then I got delayed, and then they released it during a pandemic. Crazy. Um, um. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Sure. What do you think the draw of X Men movies generally is? Oh, I will answer this question. I skipped ahead to get to this last movie, but I do want to say the other two movies are the Deadpool movies. So there's two Deadpool movies. Deadpool is an X Men character. Uh, he's an off and on member of the X-Men, but uh, those movies are pretty good and pretty funny and all deserve their own sort of praise. Why I've do seen I like you know, go ahead. some of those. 
Some of those want just one or two of them. <laughs> I think I've seen parts of both. They're both on Hulu right now if you want to check them out. I actually think you can watch almost all these movies either on Disney Plus or Hulu or HBO Max. Uh, the only one that I, I know, <laughs> The Last Stand and The New Mutants aren't anywhere unless you pay to rent them. But I think all the rest of them are somewhere online um, if you already happen to have those services. Now, what do I like about the X-Men? Um, interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I like superhero movies. I think these are, well, uh, for the most part, pretty well-made ones. Um, I'd say they, I like them more standalone than I do, like, like the Avengers movies are really good because they all tie together. These ones sort of do, but in a like that's not really why I'm there for, there for them. I just think they make uh, for interesting stories and people, you see all these cool superpowers and all that. Um, I will say I also used to read the comics for these. Uh, I'm sort of back on that train, but I've read like the first, uh, the original like 40 comics of it. And then I liked, I liked watching the cartoon as a kid and um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what super attracts me to watching them. <laughs> other than the Well, like some people, I think I've heard like people like the, uh, the teenage going to school aspect, um, stuff like that. Um, maybe. I, I, I've, I think, I think I'm more about the superpowers. I mean, it's neat how they do that. I mean, they tackle a lot of, they t do tackle a lot of issues in different ways. I mean, they, they talk about people growing up. They talk about war. They talk about politics. Um, there's, it's really maybe the most sprawling of these like way more than the mcu where the mcu is like pretty focused on on like beating the bad guy of the thing uh but like i feel like there's large maybe some larger themes in x-men where it's like yeah they're dealing with racism or homophobia or something but like without specifically talking about it. it's all there's a lot of metaphors to real world problems in in the x-men um who is your favorite x person um so it's funny you say that. So it's like um, one of the movies ends up explaining what the name X-Men means. And it's instead of, have you ever heard the term G-Men? Like for a government man? It's like, yeah. A, uh, so they're called X-Men because they're not G-Men. They're Xavier's men or whatever, uh, which I was like, oh, interesting. Like interesting. Dumbledore's army and Harry Potter. Yay. Yeah. Um. There, it's kind of it is it's very Harry Pottery in that way because it is like um, a mansion that they all like the a mansion versus a castle, but it's like it feels very castle like the the mansion they all live in, and then it's uh, you know they've got a British guy who's in charge. <laughs> um, I would say in the in the movies, my favorite X Men is I, I guess I got to give it up to Wolverine. Um, because he's like the star of almost all of it, <laughs> in a way. He's either the star or like the leading lead member of the ensemble. And Logan is like so good. Logan is this amazing movie. It takes place in the distant future. It's Professor X and just Wolverine from the, the original sort of X-Men. It takes place after all the rest of the X-Men have died. Uh, that's not a spoiler. It's the beginning of the movie. <laughs> uh, they basically succeeded in eradicating mutants on the on Earth because they... Uh, speaking of conspiracy theories, they put drugs in the food uh, to suppress mutant powers, kind of like fluoride, the idea of fluoride <laughs> being mind control. Um, 
but they basically eradicate mutants and there's just like a few of them left and it's just that's it's a it's a post-apocalyptic movie and you actually don't really need to have seen the other x-men movies to appreciate logan it's kind of meant to stand more on its own um and that's that's a great little flick um what about it stands out to you as being a good little flick Oh, um, I mean, it could, it's, it's like a superhero movie without being a superhero movie. Like it is, it's, it's much more of a drama that has this superhero thing layered on top of it than like a superhero movie trying to be like melodramatic or whatever. Like it's, it's, they're going through their survival. I mean, I cried watching this movie. Apparently, uh, Patrick Stewart cried like watching himself at the premiere. (laughs) Like it's, it's a very, um, it's very sad. It's very depressing little movie with a positive. I mean, there is there's there good comes out of it, but there's a lot of sadness in it. And so it, it really tugs at a lot of the heartstrings. It's just it's the most like human based story of them all and like really tells a poignant story. I don't know if that's too vague. Is that too vague? No, I think it's fine. It's a human story. Yeah. And it's also, it's small, it's, it's much smaller in scope. Like it's not the world is ending. It's not like, it's not like the immediate catastrophe is the world is doomed. It was, it's, um, it's sort of dealing with their struggles in this world where they've basically mutants have been completely sidelined and hunted out of existence. Um, and it's sort of a, it's, it's survivally it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, even Wolverine, cause he's like old by this, the standards of this, um, he's like not as powerful. So like in all the rest of the movies, Wolverine is like this unstoppable beast because he can just, you know, he can heal and, and people can shoot him and stab him and whatever. And he just heals. But by the time this comes out, um, both by age and through, um, the chemicals that he's been like ingesting through the food or whatever, his powers aren't as strong. So he's definitely a lot more like actually vulnerable now than he used to be. Yeah. Uh, so he's a bitter old person who all of his friends have died and he's not as strong as he used to be. No. Um, Wolverine in the comic uni- or in the movie universe is like several hundred years old, probably like at least 200. Uh, Even at his- the beginning of the films. Yeah, because of his like healing ability, he like doesn't age as fast, so he's like slowed aging. Because he, he, I believe it's implied in um, X Men Origins Wolverine that he fought in the Civil War. <laughs> um, he at least fought in the both world wars. So yeah, he's he's like much older than he thinks. Although he has amnesia from most of it, like he doesn't know. That's like a big plot point is he doesn't know much before he became metal encased but he was alive like long before that because the experiment basically caused lost him he basically lost all of his memories from it no um that's explained differently in different movies but uh that's one explanation (laughs) okay um if i were to start watching these films which one should i start with um i mean there i'd say it uh, depends on your stomach for how many you want to watch. But I guess I'd say I would start just at the beginning. I mean, it's the most concise and accurate way to start. 
because X X Men X Men is a good movie. It's a little. It actually watching it feels a little dated in that it, it feels like they didn't have as big of a budget as it would have now. Yeah. Because they were making it before, like they didn't know they were taking a flyer on this. They just like didn't know if this movie would be good, or or if people would want to see who would want to see a comic book movie in the theaters. They were saying to themselves. <laughs> Um, cause the last big one was a flop. It was the, uh, 1998 or 96, I can't remember, Batman and Robin. And people hated that movie and people thought maybe the bubble had burst on comic book movies. Oh, were they wrong? <laughs> oh, boy, um, were they. But, uh, that movie's still good. It's just like, not as, like you watch it, you're like, oh, this is kind of awkwardly low budget for, <laughs> for a superhero movie. But then X2, which is, um... X2 is the best main line. X2 is, mm, I'd say Wolverine is the best X-Men movie. And then X2 is like the next best X-Men movie. Um, but X2 takes a place right after the first X-Men movie. It's sort of a continuation. So watching those two is a good way to get going. And then uh, X-Men First Class is also pretty good. And I feel like you could probably watch that without seeing... Um, seeing anything else and you'd still get it because it's like it's a prequel but it doesn't rely on future knowledge mm -hmm. um i mean some things might click more if you knew the other facts but like it, the plot is still going to make sense um and actually that reminds me so the <laughs> i mentioned jennifer lawrence being that being her before she was famous she then goes on to basically star in the next two uh in a way that fans find unnecessary because they had basically signed her to this contract that before she was famous and they were like, Ooh, well we've got now this famous person locked into a multi picture deal. And they like featured her even more prominently in the next two movies, way more than um, her comic book character would, would ask for. And so a lot of people complain about that. I don't have as strong of feelings, although I, there are parts where I'm like, wow, uh, they really made Mystique a main plot point in this movie. <laughs> Basically Listen, just- you got Katniss Everdeen, yeah. the girl on fire, you gotta use her. If there's yeah. anything Hunger Games taught me. They, and they did. They, they went and used her a whole bunch. Cause she's not like that. She's in the, uh, there is a, she's playing the character Mystique who can transform into anybody and impersonate them. She's in the first um, three X-Men movies and has like a fairly prominent role, but like barely speaks, um, and when she speaks, she has like a voice modulator and she barely appears as herself um, or like the actress barely portrays herself. Um, she's mostly in like the blue paint and stuff. But in the prequel movies, they definitely make sure to get that Jennifer Lawrence, not blue painted face out there as much as possible. <laughs> um, even though she's constantly saying she doesn't want to hide, uh, she's doing it for the profit margins. <laughs> um I, yeah, First Class is really... That's actually a really good movie, too. Okay. Um, and then, I don't know, like... I don't Honestly, it'd be interesting if you watched Logan just, like, on its own. I don't know what someone would say about that if they'd <clears throat> never seen the others. Because I do feel like it really stands alone. But I think the emotional weight just isn't there because you haven't been along for the ride with, like, Patrick Stewart and, and um, Hugh Jackman, like you actually were like, oh, this is their finale as actors playing these roles. So it like gives it even more weight because you've seen them in 10 other movies. <laughs> okay. Um, that's not the only reason I like that movie. It's just, a, it's a really good movie on its own. Well, I got to finish all these MCU movies before I can watch any other comic book movies. I know how much you love movies, so. You'll get you know, to I love time. films. Um. I, much like <laughs> the, you talking you two to me, 
sub podcast. I love, I love films. Mm. Um, I guess I, that's, I'm sort of out of time, but that's uh, all the X-Men movies. And uh, I think they're good. And I rewatched many of them recently and I have high opinions. I rewatched the original trilogy, First Class and Days of Future Past and Deadpool 2. I've also I've seen all of those recently and they all still hold up pretty well except for X the third X-Men. That's that's still not very good, but I had to watch it, it's like it's like some of these are skippable skippable movies, but that one like you kind of want to watch it just to see how they conclude the stuff from the previous two movies. And you're like, "Oh, okay, that's how they did it." Not bad. Could be better. <laughs> okay. Um the death of Cyclops is really the worst part of the third movie or like that they kill him like in the beginning. Ugh. What a wasted, what a wasted opportunity. And I'm not, I'm not even a big Cyclops stan. I think he's kind of weird, but <laughs> um, yeah, I think the movie does suffer from that. Mm. Revenge is bad. Yeah. Like let's all play. Let's all play nice. Everyone. Um, do you have any questions for me or should we, are we no. wrapped up? I don't think Zai asked my questions. Good. Uh, I know I'm going to think I forgot something, but if you guys, if anyone um, thinks I forgot something, go ahead and send us a correction at tbdpodcast at gmail.com and I'll gladly uh, have us read that, read from our email on, on air. We've done it before and we'll do it again. That's, that's, that's the TBD promise. Um, okay. Um, topic done. Topic complete. Wow. Um, Emily, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, so I, I do, but I don't have an exact date for it. Um, wow. I've been doing Moxie at the Magnet Theater. What's Moxie? Um, it's a sketch program for women and non women, transgender and non-binary people. Um, however, there's a show week, not a show day as of right now. So... <laughs> Um, the week of March 22nd, just be on the lookout for a show. I'll give you more information as I get closer. Oh, you know, that's pretty far out. I'm not even going to put that on my calendar yet, but I, I'll, I'll wait till I get a more specific date. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure one will come in the month we have between now and then. <laughs> um, very good. Um, so that, last Moxie was canceled, right? I didn't go to that. Wasn't it canceled because of... Um, I'm yeah, we think did why two it was canceled. We did two rehearsals and then uh, the whole world shut down. Mm, sounds familiar. Speaking of the whole world shutting down, I have a new blog post out. Go check it out. That's my that's my plug. Can you tell us what it's about? What's the summary? Um it's about the um it's about it's about me making sketch comedy and um and uh sort of my uh, progress of how I thought about it over the last, um, let's go say, say year, year plus. But um, yeah, it ties, into, it ties into the shutdown. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Uh, and you can see it at mattarmando.com. I have a blog on there. It's a, you go to that website and then click on blog. <laughs> or, um, uh, yeah. Okay, listeners, do that. That's your homework. That's my plan. Unless you're driving, don't do it right now. Um, put a pin in it. And then go read it later. Um, it'll be there when you get out of your car. You know what? If you're out walking, also don't look at it. Focus on your walking. I have two things to add. I mean, if you are in a car and you want to pull over to read it and it's safe to do so, you may. 
And the same if you were walking. If you can pull over and it's safe to do so, go ahead and read it. I, you know, read it, where, read it wherever you want, but just don't be doing like a physical activity while you're reading it. Does that, that work? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, all right. Uh, if you are not already subscribed to this podcast, make sure you do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and maybe some more places. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of random apps out there that you, let you subscribe to podcasts. I don't know what they all are. <laughs> um, make sure you are following us uh, at TBD Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, send that email to tbdpodcast at gmail.com. Did I get everything? I think so. I hope so. Because uh, this is the end of the podcast. Uh, because I've been Matt Armando. I've been Ellie Regans. And this has been TBD with Emily.